My name is Padre Otuma and when I go through a difficult time where a meeting goes in a difficult way or I just have woken up on the wrong side of the bed, I try to write from that feeling. I put it into a poem and rarely do those poems ever get shared with anyone but there's such a helpful thing in seeing what I'm feeling on a page that helps me feel seen and also then helps me perhaps move beyond or through the experience that I'm living with. Our poem today comes from Margaret Newden, a poet who writes in Anishna Bimowin. And the poem that she has written is called Gimaz Nebiamun, which translates as A Message to You. We have her voice bringing this poem to us today in the original language, Anishina Bimowin, as well as in the translation. Gimaz Nebiamun. Ningi kendana king bakana. On Zamgan in the Nokobijigan on Ikmas in Biamawat. On Zam Wijuakwan Ishuat Dawat Nongom. On Zam Gij Eanjigo. Gishkanabika in a Gidao. Gaigichigami Awiyan. Gema wash kianamazoyan, gawingi kenamisiyan. A message to you. I know there are different worlds because our ancestors sent them messages, because lost lovers now live in them, because you just said that right now. Are you the carved shoreline and I the sweetwater sea, or am I the shifting wind you cannot perceive? I was really drawn to this book by Margaret Newton, What the Chickadee Knows, because there's about 10 chickadees who live in my backyard. I feed them every day and then watch their antics and watch their acrobatics and watch them weave in and out between larger birds as they pick up seeds and then take those seeds off into the bushes where they store a stash before eating them or sharing them. And so I see these little birds every day, small, cheeky, funny so present, so filled with energy, so alert and so acrobatic in their dexterity. So I was thrilled to find this book by her and thought, oh, I'd love to find a poem about the particular bird. But then when I read through the book, I kept on coming back to this one particular poem, A Message to You. And I think I was mostly intrigued thinking, who is the you? Who is this speaking to? Is it just one person? Is it someone she misses? Is it someone where there was a difficult relationship? There seems to be a gap between them. And even in the ways wherein voices and spirits speak to each other across worlds, still this poem recognises there can be a missing and a gap happening. And I couldn't stop thinking about this poem the whole way throughout the book. So this is the one that really struck me for this episode. The 
this poem leaves so much unsaid. You know, it's called A Message to You and the fourth line, because you just said that right now. I can think of that perhaps being a child who has said something and maybe they remind you of a dead parent. Or it could be a stranger has said something and they remind you of somebody that you miss or an old lover. Or maybe even they remind you of somebody who you don't miss, but nonetheless they're a voice of criticism, they're a voice of angst, their voice of difficulty comes through in a living moment. We don't know in this poem who the you is and what the that is. And then the poem begins to question who the you is. Are you the carved shoreline and I the sweet water sea? Or am I the shifting wind you cannot perceive? There's a distance between the you and the I in this poem. And yet the poem is making a bridge between the present experience and the different worlds that are there. Perhaps this is a way of describing cultures that overlap cultures, some cultures that are dominant and other cultures that are struggling to survive, some languages that are asserting themselves in a dominant way and languages that are seeking to live into their own vivacity and to find a way to live well again and to be spoken regularly and widely again. I always find myself feeling like this is an airy poem. It's only eight lines long and there's so much space on the page. And when Margaret Newton recites it, she sings it. And so we're brought into something that has an old melody and we're caught up in that, a wistful melody, a melody that sticks in your ear, that sticks in your heart afterwards. And over and over again, I find myself wondering, who is the you and what have they said? And who is the I and what are they feeling? When Margaret Newton speaks about the chickadee, she speaks about it as a bird that doesn't leave for the winter and so the chickadee is a certain symbol of staying around, of not leaving of being able to live in the location throughout all the seasons that come and that I think can be a metaphor for language, can be a metaphor for survival and not just language as spoken by everybody but particularly Onishinaabemowin language a language that has stayed even though it has been put through harsh, harsh climates of degradation and systemic injustice. And this language, I think, is sometimes represented in Margaret Newton's book, being like the chickadee, the one that stays, the one that doesn't go, but that can survive even harsh winters. The chickadee in this book is a way of speaking about staying. And then this particular poem, A Message to You, is a way about speaking to the things that stay around. A lost lover, an ancestor, a difficult relationship even. We continue these conversations and those conversations happen in landscape for us. While we're looking out at the Sweetwater Sea or looking at the shoreline, we are continuing on an inner conversation to talk with people who aren't there anymore but they stay with us because somehow it's got its hooks in us for better or for worse 
And this, I think, is a way of thinking about the messages we're sending all the time in the inner conversations we're having because somebody says something to us, something beautiful, something difficult, and it sparks off all kinds of replies in us. And these replies are caught up in this message to you. the last two lines am I the shifting wind you cannot perceive it was those two lines made me think this isn't necessarily to a lover or to a family member where she's thinking oh I wish we were back together she's kind of saying you can't perceive me am I the shifting wind somehow this isn't about one person being alive and one person being dead this is about how difficult it can be to connect with each other. The things we can say to each other that indicate, you don't even see me. Am I invisible to you? Am I uninteresting to you? Are the circumstances of my life unimportant to you? That I'm like a shifting wind you can't perceive and therefore you ignore. And within the context of that, I think this poem is reaching out for fortitude, <laughs> reaching out in the hope that there are groups of people that can see you. Because sometimes when you feel like you're not being seen, you're thinking, somebody else did see me once. And even though that's not enough, finally, it's enough for right now. Margaret Newton tells a story about where this poem came from and the full story is hers to share and we've got a, a bit of a snippet of a conversation that Margaret Newton and I had coming out as a bonus episode of Poetry Unbound alongside this episode. But one of the interesting things that she says, amongst the many interesting things she says, is that this poem arose out of a difficult work meeting and the poem is so transcendent. Different worlds, ancestors, lost lovers, carved shoreline, sweet water sea, shifting wind. I don't think in those kind of images after I've been in a work meeting, especially a difficult work meeting. And it is fascinating to hear how somebody has brought images that bring them consolation and images that root them in a language that has been around in a particular place for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. It's so interesting how fortitude is taken from language and place in the midst of such a fleeting but nonetheless difficult thing like a troublesome work meeting. But this poem has great wisdom to it in the sense of that there are messages coming to us and coming from us over and over again throughout our days. And the question that I think this poem is asking is, who is it that you talk to? Even though you mightn't see them, maybe their words got into you in a loving way or they got under your skin. Maybe it's a lover or a friend or a family member or somebody you were glad has gone from your life or sad who's gone from your life. And what are the messages they're sending to you now? And what are the messages that you're sending back to them? What's the conversation that you're keeping alive because you're holding it in you? And where are the places particularly where you have those conversations? 
And I think the poem is inviting us to pay attention to the tenderness of the words that are there and also to allow the mystery of the fact that we are sometimes unknowable to ourselves and to each other to exist in the way that we continue to live with messages and communications that go on even after a person is gone from our life. This is Gemazana Biamun, a message to you, written and recited in Anishina Bimowin and English by Margaret Newton. Gemazana Biamun Ningi Kendana King Bakana. On Zamgan in the Nokobijigan on Ikmas in Biamawat. On Zam Wijuakwan Ishuat Dawat Nongong. On Zam Gije Eanjigo. Gishkanabika in a gidao. Gaigichigami awiyan. Gema wash kiana mazoyan, gawingi kenamisian. A message to you. I know there are different worlds because our ancestors sent them messages, because lost lovers now live in them, because you just said that right now. Are you the carved shoreline and I the sweetwater sea, or am I the shifting wind you cannot perceive? A message to you comes from Margaret Newton's book, What the Chickadee Knows. Thank you to Wayne State University Press, who gave us permission to use Margaret's poem, and to Margaret for her beautiful singing. Read the poem on our website at onbeing.org. Poetry Unbound is Gautam Shrikishan, Chris Hegel, Aaron Kalasako, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Vo, and me, Lily Percy. Our music is composed and provided by Gautam Shrikishan and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy, like On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen or visit us at onbeing.org to find out more. This podcast 
is produced by On Being Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota.